Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she is a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. I'm Derek Sassman, and I'm excited because it's my favorite time of year. Doug, it is 70 degrees outside, and I know you love the fall. The leaves are changing color, and here at the Midwest, it is perfect out. And, of course, football season. Yes, football starts now. It's, yep. it's a, that's the best time of year. It feels like everything is right in the universe when football is going on. And with that coming to Disney, even though they don't have football, a lot of people love the fall time at Disney World. The weather's a little bit nicer, and of course you have one of the biggest events of the year, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. And that's what today's show's about, is all the fall fun that you have at the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. They all have a little touch on the fall. And so, Doug, I know you've experienced many a times... I have not. I will uh, go out and say I've never been to Walt Disney World in the fall. It is when you work in television and in marketing uh, that is gearing up for holiday season. That is uh, fall sweeps. I'm uh, I'm busy. October's my busiest month of the year. So we hope one day when I retire and Mickey's not so scary is going on and I can take the grandkids. But until then, you will have to do all the talking about uh, how many times you've been to uh, Walt Disney World in the fall. Well, the fall time works out good for me. In dentistry, I'm really busy over the summer with all the little kids, getting them back to school. And so there's this little gap in September, and then it slows down a little in November. So, yeah, we've done both Food and Wine Festival. That's the big draw for a lot of people. And then Mickey's not so scary. Well, as the Disney dentist, I'm sure after all the kids eat all that candy on uh, October 31st, you uh, get busy again there in November with all the cavities popping through. Well, I just like to remind kids that cavities aren't caused by candy. They're caused by bacteria. Let's just keep that in mind before we go and blame the trick-or-treating because I like my candy too. Looks like I'm having a crunch bar after the show. So thank you. My dentist said I could do it. So, well, right now we are in September and the crazy thing is, and people don't realize this, is that Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween has already begun. Uh, I know for myself, I'm not used to going to pumpkin patches until the beginning of October, but like Walt Disney World loves to do and and all things Disney, they like to milk uh, the holidays for as long as possible. So right now you can see all the fun and trick-or-treating and costumes and the meeting and greeting of all your favorite Disney characters in their Halloween gear. Yeah, so Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party this year starts uh, September 2nd and runs through October 31st, and it seems like it expands a little bit every year. They add an extra um, party or two. Uh, We have attended the first party of the year a couple years ago, um, and it was on the Monday of Labor Day. Um, So... did not feel like Halloween at all, but those fall decorations start popping up about mid-August throughout the Magic Kingdom, so they're ready to go. Um, some basics of the Halloween party 
It is a separate ticket. So just because you have a park ticket does not get you into the party. It is a separate, it's what's called a hard ticket event. Um, it starts at 7 p.m. So by 7 p.m., if you don't have that hard ticket event um, ticket, you get a wristband when you go in. If you are lacking that wristband, you are the the nicest way possible ushered out of the Magic Kingdom. So it's just party guests at 7. And that's when all of these special things start to happen that we've been talking about. However, there is one little thing about it. Yeah, it tells you it starts at 7. If you have that ticket, that does not mean show up at 7. You can get in at 4 p.m., with your Halloween ticket. So you can get into the park, maybe do a couple rides, eat uh, early dinner, and then you can actually start to plan your night for the Halloween party. Well, that's a good bonus thing that I didn't even know, but uh, you're right. It's a separate ticket. We get that question a lot. People don't realize it's already a uh, hundred bucks to get into the park roughly and then you're adding 72 onto it. So the question that I always get before we get into everything else Doug, what do you think? Is Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween, and you have three kids who have been through it multiple ages, is it worth the price? So it's, uh, for an adult this year, the cheapest ticket is $72. Um, And you're going from 7 p.m. till midnight, four if you play your cards right. Um, Yeah, I think it's worth it, especially if you've never done the party. If you've been to Disney World a few times, it's definitely worth trying. It's a whole different atmosphere um, within the park. Um, it's something that you don't get to see or do. I mean, how many kids can honestly say that they've trick-or-treated in the Magic Kingdom? Um, not that many. You know, you come home and you, you get to brag a little bit about trick-or-treating um, at Space Mountain or at Splash Mountain. Um, I think that makes it worth it. It's a lot of fun. Disney does put a lot of extra things out that can make it worth it. And whether you're depending on what you're into within the park, they have a little bit of something for everybody with the different interests. Yeah, Does anyone give full-size candy bars, though? No, there's oh. not the full-size, but it is um, name brand. Um, it is good quality candy, and if that is your goal, to get a lot of candy, you can. And we'll we'll talk about that. Awesome. Well, what are some of the other things? You talked about different ages. Uh, what are some of the things? I know like, my kids are obsessed with dressing up in costumes and trick-or-treating. Uh, what do they – so for the little ones, the toddler age, how does that look? Um, you know, the, the costume thing, everybody can dress up at this party. So the toddlers, uh, preschool age, it's a lot of fun. There is stuff geared for them. It's not too scary. Um, I think that's why "Not So Scary" is in the title. Does um, does I'm sorry, Andrew, Does Disney cut back on if it's a really scary costume? All right, so costumes have some rules. Um, you can't wear a full mask if you're an adult. You can't even have a cape that touches the ground. You can't have anything that looks like a real weapon. Um, go to their website, read their whole rules, um, and it can't be too scary. They can ask anybody to change their costume. And we have seen people get stopped and have to take something off at the gate when we're coming in. And usually, the ones that we've seen is because it was inappropriate in kind of a coverage sort of thing, like a young lady not wearing quite enough clothing for Disney's liking. Um, That's the big thing that we've seen get stopped before. But with the costumes, so our first Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party back in 2008, Samantha was three, 
Alden was one. We had costumes for them. We were at the Magic Kingdoms a few days earlier. We were one of those people being ushered out at seven, and we're, we'd been watching people come in, and the whole family's in costume, and we're like, oh, great. We're going to be that family where the adults didn't dress up. And you can see the adults that were showing up not dressed up. They're like the stick-in-the-mud people. We did not want to be the stick-in-the-mud people. So we had to make a run to, oh, Target, Walmart. I don't even remember where we ended up finding a Halloween costume. But uh, Michelle and I both ended up as pirates um, in time for the party. And Samantha was dressed as Cinderella, and Alden was a little tiny pirate. And Michelle was actually a pirate's friend is what we called her. Oh, there we go. Okay. The, the costume had a different word on it. But uh, uh, so from that, the next, we've been to the Halloween party four times. And so we've done a family theme each time. One time we went as Phineas and Ferb, um, and we got lots of compliments from cast members. Our goal with our costume is to get compliments from cast members because they're the people that work every party and see all these costumes week after week after week. And so Claire... She was Perry the Platypus, and we made a little costume. It was pretty awesome. And we've done Cinderella. Gut, uh, Alden was Gus, so he had a big fat belly and a tail and uh, mouse ears. And, um, the girls were the stepsisters, so we got our pictures with the stepsisters and stepmother, and they kind of harassed Michelle, who was Cinderella. That was kind of fun. And then uh, we did Alice in Wonderland this last time, and I was the Mad Hatter. So I had a good conversation with the Mad Hatter when we got our picture with him. And I uh, annoy my wife, and I kind of stay in character all night long. I, uh, I do the same thing. Absolutely. Um, you got to. So I was Dr. Doofenshmirtz when we did the Phineas and Ferb um, costumes. And so I would randomly talk to kids in line about my cavity away in nature or the candy in nature. Which is even better because you are a doctor. Yeah. Um, so... I was super obnoxious in my wife's eye. And then, of course, I'd talk to a kid in line, in character, and if their parents looked at me like, what is wrong with this guy? That's when you know, like, that parent doesn't ever watch cartoons with their children, and it's a little bit sad. So costumes are fun. Make sure you wear them. That's a great tip. And I think, Doug, on our Twitter and Facebook this week, you need to link back to some of these pictures you've just referenced. So All right, uh, be, be watching that, like those pictures, and uh, love to see Dr. Doug as Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Absolutely. So uh, besides trick-or-treating, another thing that kids love uh, are the meet-and-greets. And I know Mickey and Minnie, they get dressed up, and all the characters kind of have some fun. What does that part of the, the event look like? So... Rather than just Mickey and Minnie um, in costume, there are a ton extra meet and greets. You get Jack and Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, You can also get Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, Gaston used to be one of the special ones, but now he meets regularly. And a lot of other villains have meets. Um, Like you can see, oh... Man, what's the name of the bear from Toy Story 3? Lotso. 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 Lotso's there, so we... We uh, had our picture with him when the kids were littler and Lotso had a meet and greet. Um, Alden wouldn't hug him because he's mad. And so you have this picture where Alden – and afterwards Alden's like, I wanted to kick him, but I didn't. You know, We're like, well, just don't kick the villain. Sorry. So this time Alden's standing off to the side instead of getting his picture with Lotso. And so you get all these extra meet and greets. Um, and then the other characters that are normally out are in costume. And you can see other characters that just – you don't normally get like the seven dwarves all together. 
And so part of the strategies with this, like Jack and Sally may have an hour wait the entire night. So if you think about that, the party starts at 7. If you get in that line, wait an hour, it's already 8. You only have till midnight. Um, same, same thing with the dwarves. So, And the princesses usually have their princes with them. So one party, we met the prince and princesses first. We got in line at about 6 and waited, and we were in the first 10 minutes of meeting them. We started waiting for Jack and Sally at 5.45, one party, and we were done meeting them at about 7.20. And the seven dwarfs, we started waiting at about 5.30, and we were done with them at about 7.20-ish. So those three are, strategy-wise, you got to get in line early for those really special ones. Um, but that's why you get into the park early. Don't waste your party time in that line. Waste the regular park day line. That's, um, a, that's a great tip. Yeah. S- especially with some of those uh, villains that you mentioned that – usually aren't at the park anyway. These are kind of bonus meet and greets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then there's also a, a villain show that goes on that you don't normally get. That's These are bonus things that you don't get during the holiday time that you actually have to pay extra for for the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Party. Yeah, so there's a show that happens multiple times throughout the night. you got to check your times guide. It's called the Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular. Um, it's a little stage show. Um, Dr. Facilier, uh, his crew, it, it might be a touch on the scary side for some really easily frightened children. But uh, afterwards, they do a mix and mingle where they come off the stage and they each form a line and you can get your picture with those characters. And they're really hard to meet characters like the Queen of Hearts is one. And so that's kind of a fun little show. We we don't watch that every Halloween party we've been to. I think we've just done it twice. Um, but it's kind of a fun show and nice little meet right afterwards. Um, I would say, though, the most exciting thing that Disney throws in that's different is the parade, Derek. And I'm not normally a parade person. I'm not either, but I've heard great things about the Halloween parade with the lights and, and the costumes and, of course, the villains. So tell me a little bit what you've seen at Hollow. It's Hollow Wishes or is that the end of the that's night? That's the fireworks. That's the fireworks. Um, so what's the, the, the parade called? Boo to you. Boo to you. That's it. Sorry and about that. It has a song that is as infectious as, I, I, don't, I don't know, something really infectious. I can't think of anything really great to say, but it gets in your head, worms its way in there, and you will be singing it whether you want to or not for a very long time. Um, but the Boo to You Parade, it it has a Pirates of the Caribbean flow. It's got this skeleton band flow. It's got Haunted Mansion grave diggers that dance with these shovels. Um, it starts out with the Headless Horseman running past like 10 minutes beforehand. And if you have ever seen a guy with no head carrying a pumpkin on a horse down a street before, I mean, it's special. Um Go to the second parade. It is always less busy. That way you can focus on doing character meet and greets and trick-or-treating during the first parade. And the trick-or-treating, there's lots of different spots to get candy, and it's tons of fun just moving around getting that candy. So that's what we usually do in the first half of the party. Then we set up for Hollow Wishes. We'll get to that next. And then then we camp out for that Boo to You parade. We do the late one. Um, It's a late night. You don't want to call it quits early, so just count on that late parade. That's so. a that's a good day to make sure the kids get a nap if you're doing the park mm-hmm. the full day to use that time. Because what time does Hollow Wishes even go on? Oh, I want to say it's like nine forty-five. I it, it's varied year to year a little bit. You got to check your times guide. It 
it will be sandwiched between the parades. So you'll have a parade, then you'll have a Celebrate Your Magic the Castle projection show, which last year was the same thing as all the time. And then you get Hollow Wishes, and Hollow Wishes is like wishes um, ramped up. Um, there's way more firepower in it. There's also what's called perimeter fireworks. So not only do they just launch the fireworks in the normal area, they launch them all the way around you at the end of the show in a couple different times. And perimeter fireworks, if you've never been in the Magic Kingdom for that, it, it uh, kind of catches you off guard the first time. It's really neat. Um, you know, and another neat thing about Hollow Wishes, if you're not attending the Halloween party, and say you did the Magic Kingdom all day, um, at 7 o'clock you went to dinner at, like, Ohana. Let's say you planned really well. You go to Ohana, then you come out of the Polynesian, watch Hollow Wishes from across the lagoon, um, and those perimeter fireworks are really cool um, to watch from either Contemporary or Polynesian or Grand Floridian. So if you don't get a ticket to the Mickey's Not So Scary, at least get to a place where you can see Hollow Wishes. That's your tip for That's that one. And the Magic Kingdom is a great place to go on the day of a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. These parties really affect the way the crowds flow because a lot of people will avoid the Magic Kingdom on days where there's a party because they don't have the fireworks. So it makes the park a lot less crowded. And then the next day when there is the fireworks for everybody, it just, boom, it like doubles in the number of people there. So we like to go um, to the Magic Kingdom on a, on a party day, even when we're not going to the party. No, that's a smart, that's another great tip. And you're there from, you know, rope drop to, uh, you know, late at night. So Seven, you, you yeah. have, you have the full, you can pretty much guarantee that you'll get everything done in the Magic Kingdom about. So, uh, I like that. Now, uh, is there anything else? I know we've gone through, um, most um, everything. Um, you know, there's some dance parties that mm-hmm. are added in. Our kids love that. You know, you mentioned toddlers earlier. That's a great thing for the toddlers, the preschool age, the dance parties. There's uh, There's been one with Jesse and Woody, and that's like one of the only ways to meet Bullseye um, is the dance party. And then there's usually a dance party in uh, Tomorrowland and Frontierland. They move them around a little mm-hmm. bit year to year, so we'll find out once the first party happens. But our kids have loved the, the one with Bullseye. Alden used to think he could break dance when he was four. He can't break dance, but he would try. I think he almost got stepped on by Bullseye. So, you know. And, well, kids, be and they, they do. My kids uh, love the dance parties as well. And there's another place where, uh, even if you're not going, if you're looking to meet some random characters, some of those uh, B list uh, characters you don't see that much, those are the ones that usually show up at the dance parties. Yeah, it's a great way to interact. They don't form a line, you don't get that formal picture, but you can get some video of your kid out there shaking a tail feather and having some fun. Awesome. Well, uh, that kind of covers everything at the Magic Kingdom in the fall with Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. But there's another park that really steps up, and I believe when this show airs, it will be going on, and that is the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Yeah, the Food and Wine Festival. So you heard all this excitement in my voice talking about Mickey's Not-So-Scary. Food and Wine, I I dial it back a a little bit. you got to be a little more relaxed. Uh, Stroll around the World Showcase at Epcot. That um, runs for sixty-two days, which, which I feel like another one that keeps getting longer and longer every few years. They keep adding another week or two to it. Yeah, we were there one time for the first day of food and wine, and it was like right before Halloween. Now the first day of food and wine is September fourteenth, 
And it used to end in October. Now it ends November 14th. Um, yeah, so it two, just keeps growing. Yep, you have two months to get there. They've added a run Disney event. They've added more. Uh, we're going to go through a list of stuff. And it just it, it gets bigger every year. Yeah. So, so what are some of the things you can do uh, besides food and wine? You said the run Disney event. But uh, what, what are some of the... Uh, uh, other things that Epcot has to offer for this so, event. Let's start with stuff that's just included with your park mm-hmm. emission. Um, the E to the Beat concert series is one of the things that our family has liked to enjoy. Um, so it's a whole list of concerts, and they do it three times a night, 530, 645, 8 o'clock, um, half hour to 45-minute sets. Um, and it's some bands that you may actually recognize um, from several different generations, you get like air supply, you know, I may skip that, but I know lots of people are very excited about that. But you also have Sugar Ray or Blues Traveler. New this year is Plain White Tees. And we'll see, there's uh, Hanson is one that we have heard before. My wife thought we'd be able to get in, just walk right into Hanson. Like, who's going to want to go to Hanson, she says. Well, there's a whole line of people that were about four or five years younger than us just stretched all across the world showcase waiting to get in um it was it was crazy yep i was um, in i was in middle school when hansen was big so you see all of my friends will randomly post i yeah. finally got to my hansen concerts yeah see i was just old enough to be like who are these boys with long hair annoying us why are these girls screaming for them so um boys to men is uh there that that gets my wife all excited sister hazel and then they, uh, the last few years, they've always finished it out with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. And that's one that I love. I love Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. They, they put on a great show. If you don't know who they are, they're a neo-swing band from the 90s. Everybody should know that. They also um, did the Christmas song for Phineas and Ferb. And they play that because they're the last show. Basically, when they're done on November 14th, Christmas starts in Epcot. So, One uh, set of decorations comes down, the other set just comes right up. You, you know, we've been there for a Halloween party and a Christmas party on the same trip, and we went to the Halloween party on, that year it was November 1st. Sometimes they do that if it's a Saturday. Um, so we went to the November 1st party. November 2nd, we took a picture with a Christmas tree. So That's like uh, I said earlier, Disney likes to like milk, milk the holidays. Yeah, so... Um, Eat to the Beat concert series, you can also do a dining package to guarantee your seat. It used to be you could kind of stroll in. Now with the popularity of the whole event, um, and is a this dining an, package. Is this an added cost? Kind of like we talked about Mickey's uh, is an added cost. Is- so the, in theory, the Food and Wine Festival is not added cost. Um, the concert's free. You can get in with your park admission. However, you got to wait in line to get a seat. Um, if you want to guarantee a seat, then you got to buy dinner. Um, and not from one of the food and wine booths. So the other thing that's definitely included um, is the the booths, the food and wine booths. They're the star of the show. Um, they range from Africa, Hawaii, Scotland. There's like a local market one. There's all kinds. Um, each country, like France and Canada and the countries that are already there have a booth. So some of the things that you can only get in like say Le Cellier are available at the booth so you don't need a reservation you don't need to pay for the $50 steak you can get a little five to seven dollar portion um, so they're like small plates is what they're called it's a great way to sample food 
that's that's a great tip. I know for myself, we're going to Epcot here uh, in a few months, and you, every time we go to Epcot, we pick one of the world showcases that we want to eat at. And here, you have the opportunity to try them all and then some. Yeah. So you get if you get to the world showcase early, like say eleven o'clock, you you do like two booths for lunch, and then a snack, and then like another booth later for dinner. You know, maybe you do a booth or two towards the outside, then go back for your uh, Soren Fast Pass, then head back into World Showcase. Um, it takes a lot of planning. Um, you can find the menus all over the internet. Lots of different websites will post every menu because you have hundreds of options. As you think about, there's 25 to 30 booths. Each maybe have five different small plates to choose from. You know. You can get New Zealand lamb skewers. There's it, just things that you wouldn't think that you're going to eat are available. Um, and it's a great way to experiment. Um, they also, at all the booths, it's not just food. It's also um, alcohol, so wine and beer. Um, and that can take, uh, you know, read up before you go. We can't even possibly go through all the options yeah, in and a half hour show. Yeah, and people have all sorts of fun. Like I've eaten around the world, and they get stamps and punches and stuff like that. There's all sorts of things on Pinterest you can get to go with uh, the booths that are there. Mm-hmm. It really, you could spend your whole week in Epcot and not even start to try everything. Well, I know for us, the reason why we, another reason, not only because that's busy time of year for me, but kids how are kids i know you've taken your kids what is it like to have uh toddlers children just going around booth to booth are they finding that fun are they adding anything for the little ones um yeah i don't know how much fun it would be to go booth to booth with kids i'm gonna be perfectly honest um with my kids i had a couple things that i would try we get in i get it we go to a kid cot station they color i nibble um and then uh, we move on. But there's people that, I mean, they are serious food and wine, and a kid is just, unless you have a kid that wants to try to eat everything too, um, that's the best idea. But yeah, with little kids, you got to be really um, strategic. Um, grab your food, um, then go to a uh, kid cot station, let them color a Duffy or whatever it may be at the time you go. And, uh, you know, you can also coordinate with their lunch maybe grab some chicken nuggets back in america and uh, you grab some food and carry it to the table you know it, it takes a little planning with kids uh, definitely a lot more planning than if it's just adults um i don't know that food and wine is designed for children in any way shape or form there will be people that will say it is that it's totally fine but my kids would um roll their eyes and say like let's go on a roller coaster so so, so food and wine is a great, uh, great opportunity if you want to do an adults-only trip, or mm-hmm. if you can get some date time and head down there. Uh, perfect for uh, some romance. Uh, yeah, and a lot of locals do take advantage of it as date time, and um, the weekends get a little crazy. A lot of college kids, a lot of the college program kids too, um, may get a little carried away with the wine side of the festival. Um, we really try hard to avoid Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Epcot when we travel there in the fall. Um, definitely stick to a weekday and uh, try to go early, like 11 o'clock, right when it opens, if you want to really have your chance to enjoy as much as you can. 
uh, we'd been there on a Saturday night because we had a reservation at a restaurant. We didn't weren't going to any of the food and wine stuff, but holy cow, it was bananas. So, Doug, that's awesome, but there's also, I know, a lot of celebrities, a lot of live shows. There's a lot of special events. What other things can you experience with the Epcot Food and Wine Special that you might not normally get to on a regular day at the park? So there's one corner of Epcot that's sad and closed down, the old Wonders of Life Pavilion. If you remember Body Wars from back in the day, it's no more, but they turned that into the Food and Wine Festival Center. You can go there. There's lots of classes um, mixology, different food, all kinds of wine pairings. And there are a whole bunch of courses taught by celebrity chefs like Kat Cora, Andrew Zimmer, and other Food Network people that I do not know, but my mother does. Um, and you, some of them are included. Some of them you have to reserve 180 days in advance to be part of the class. Um, and you can enjoy that experience with the celebrity chef telling you how to cook stuff. Uh, a lot of neat things. There's also a lot of special events that you can pay to go to. They're like special dinners. There's one that's all about burgers this year, and there's a chocolate event and various other dessert parties um, that coordinate some of them, even with illuminations. But those are all cost a pretty penny um, getting to those special events. And some of those are across the way in the World Showcase between um, Canada and the United Kingdom in that. Uh, Millennium Celebration Building. There's a big uh, venue there for special events. And so you just kind of have to look through the list. It's a big list of different things you can do. One of the other neat things that happens during Food and Wine is the Chew, the television show. Um, last year, at least, they broadcast from Epcot for a week. They, they recorded a week's worth of shows at Epcot. So if you really wanted to hold a sign and stand in the background, that's your chance. For your uh, five seconds of fame. There you go. Absolutely. So the two broadcasts from there, um, those are some of the big things. But a lot of stuff, it costs more. Um, food and wine is not cheap. If you really get to snacking, um, I recommend one strategy is getting a gift card and being like, this is my food and wine money. Because uh, you just start throwing that you know, 5 to $10 at a time for a little plate. Um, little drinks, man, it can add up fast and surprise you when you get home and open that credit card bill. So maybe get a gift card and be like, this is what I'm using for food and wine. And when that's gone, it's gone. Or you decide, ah, it's so great, double up or something. But they also have little tiny gift cards with a wristband. That's how serious some people get with their food and whining. They they don't even want to pull anything out of their pocket and they just want to keep their gift card right there. You can use your magic band, but that's just going to tie to your credit card, not a gift card. So um, be wary of, you know, if you want to use a gift card, you got to use that gift card when you buy it. Well, that's probably a smart idea for Disney because once you get a couple uh, glasses of wine in you, you might be using your magic band a little bit more frequently to try other foods and to buy gifts. So uh, there you go, Disney. Yeah. So, uh, what are the things, uh, I know we've kind of gone through quite a heavy list. Uh, is there anything else that, um, that Epcot does during the food and wine or the fall that kind of makes it the perfect time to go? You know, it, not so much fall time decorations or anything like that. I think, uh, the American pavilion might decorate a hair, but it's mostly food and wine, food and wine, food and wine, merchandise here, there and everywhere. They, it's uh, it's a pretty big deal. The topiaries and everything gets themed to the Food and Wine Festival. 
So it goes from summer to food and wine to Christmas. Um, it, Halloween doesn't really exist. I think there is a Halloween special event, um, but that's just one night. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's mainly just food and wine. Perfect. Well, those are two great things. I know um, some of the other parks uh, don't do as much with Animal Kingdom and Studios. I'm thinking the Studios is going to do a lot more once the uh, Star Wars Land experience goes on. I know Animal Kingdom really features bats as uh, for kids to see. Um, but is there anything that the other two parks that you know of might do a little bit more this time of year? You know, not not too much. I Magic Kingdom gets the bulk of the decorations. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Hollywood Studios is going to decorate. Sometimes you saw a couple of things pop up on the streets of America. However, a bulldozer just went through the streets of America. So that's not going to happen anymore. Um, but they really, you know, the next season we got to talk about Every park breaks out the decorations for that. So uh, Halloween in the fall, um, you don't get too much. But yeah, the the Animal Kingdom works some animal education in to it, that sort of stuff. Like you were mentioning bats and stuff around Halloween. But yeah, the bulk of it is Magic Kingdom and Epcot. They go all out. And earlier in the show, you talked about an event that happens. There is a Run Disney event in the fall. Tell me a little bit more about that one. So the Run Disney is the Wine and Dine Half Marathon, and that takes place um, during the Food and Wine Festival, kind of one of the last weekends um, of it. I don't know the exact date, but it doesn't matter. You needed to sign up a long time ago if you wanted to do it. Up until this year, that had been a nighttime race. They'd been running it at night. After um, after you eat all the food and wine, of course. Yeah, I and we've never had any desire to do a nighttime race running in the dark. And at the end of the day, so you're up till 4 a.m. So um, running, now it's in the morning, just like the others. And uh, it centers around Epcot. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, another reason for Run Disney to uh, have a race. I think they're looking for any excuse to have a race and what's wrong with doing one during the food and wine festival that's perfectly right another reason why a lot of people love going this time of year is because schools in session football's going on the parks are a little less crowded in the fall yeah the overall park attendance does dip a little september especially so if you're wanting to hit both of these events i recommend september october you start hitting everybody's fall breaks and attendance goes way back up we had columbus day weekend one time and it was pretty crowded we were pretty surprised october used to be a wonderful time of year to go nah disney got smart and found ways to get you there well they also do some really good uh deals on hotel Mm -hmm. and room rental this time of year as well yeah and that's part of how the crowds although smaller they're never really tiny so the free dining offer is big in the fall, so that also makes um, dining at the restaurants a little harder because everybody wants to use their credits. Um, and that runs all the way through Thanksgiving this year. Not many dates in October. So you can look, you can kind of know how crowded the parks are going to be based off the, the offers. If the week that you're planning on going is blocked out from any kind of offer, that should be a sign in your head it's going to be busy because Disney doesn't want to give anybody a discount when they're already going to be coming. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
Yeah, so the the offers are pretty good throughout the fall. Uh, it starts to cool off in October. September, not so much. It, it's, it's still stifling. The humidity is insane. Um, there's also this chance of a thing called a hurricane um, could come through and make it rain for two or three days straight. Um, but it's pretty rare that it shuts down things. It's only happened a few times over the last, oh, 40 years of Disney being there. Um, so that's one other thing to keep in mind is hurricane season is going on all fall. It is a possibility. Um, November is when it really starts to cool off. Um, towards the end of November, it starts to become a little unpredictable, whether it's going to be hot or cold. You kind of got to pack for both. But uh, Food and Wine, I guess fall officially ends at Disney November 14th because that's when Food and Wine Festival ends. And then they put up all the decorations, and we will do a future show because you and I have both experienced Disney in the winter. And Mm -hmm. so here in a couple months, we'll do another episode because I think that is another time that everyone needs to visit the parks. Yeah, Christmas time is pretty amazing. Fall, the fall decorations at uh, Magic Kingdom are really neat. Um, just if you walk down Main Street, you look along the window ledges of the second story and uh, take some pictures. If you have a good camera, zoom in. The pumpkins are amazing. And that's usually our kids are like, Dad, why didn't we carve one like that? I said, gee, I don't know, kids. Maybe because I'm not a professional pumpkin carver for a living. Well, but you drill teeth for a living. You think those trades would interact a little (sighs) bit. Maybe. Maybe. I'll work on it. I'll, I'll... it's not going to happen. They're you know, they're ridiculously good. I think uh, I know my uh, daughter wants a bell pumpkin this year. So maybe you and I will have a pumpkin <laughs> carving contest and we'll put it up on Facebook uh, here a little bit closer to Halloween and right. have our listeners vote on who did a better Disney-esque pumpkin. You're on, but here's the one stipulation. Let's carve fake pumpkins. Fake, but so no, that, there's... You if I'm do putting it, a bunch of time in it, I want it to last longer nope, than a week Nope, you got to do a real pumpkin. That's, oh, that's the fun no, with it. so messy and you gotta cover your in hands. seeds. I, I love that. It's one of my favorites. I go all out for a pumpkin every year. Last year, I did the TARDIS from Doctor Who. Uh, I've done uh, the... From uh, Jack Sparrow, I did the um, uh, the ship. Oh, why am I just blanking on what that's called? Did Black that a few Pearl. Uh, Black Pearl? I did that a few yep. years ago. So I love carving pumpkins. So we'll we'll have a pumpkin carving contest. We'll do that. All right. Well, mine might be fake. Oh well, we'll, we'll still let our <laughs> listeners vote on who had the better All right. better pumpkin. So you're on. Well, if you're looking to do some travel plans, to you're probably not going to make it to this year's. Uh, Halloween event or food and wine festival because you're listening to the podcast now and it's going on but next year is a perfect opportunity for you to do that so Doug finally when is the best time to start preparing and booking uh, for the fall in Disney World well definitely more than 180 days in advance you want to be booked more than 180 days out the reason for that is because you want to be able to make your dining reservations the day your dining opens so you're looking at like 200 days before you go. So you're like seven months-ish prior to going. So if you're wanting to plan a good October vacation, which a lot of people do, you're looking at that in March. That's a great tip. So if you have that this March, well, maybe we'll even try to remind you if you really want to make uh, the fall, which is a wonderful time to go. Uh, We will hook you up with Michelle McKnight, the Robe Drop Queen, and she can take care of all your travel reservations for you. 
Yeah, so right now, people are planning spring break trips. No, that's a good point. You're right, because we just planned our uh, our winter trips uh, a couple months ago. So, yeah, this would be the great time to uh, plan that spring break trip when the parks are a little bit more crowded, because I've done that as well. Yeah, then spring break can get bananas. Especially now that schools seem to stagger them strategically, so spring break isn't just one week. It's about six weeks. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so... Never, never, uh, never a fun time for me to travel to anywhere like that because just full of uh, crazy kids who are, are are having some freedom from school. So, uh, but I look forward to uh, talking more about the winter as we roll into that. But until then, I'm going to enjoy the fall and football season. Yeah, football is back, and uh, hopefully, it's a good season uh, for all the teams I follow. So I'm less grumpy. I agree. So, yeah, in a few, hopefully here in a few weeks when we record a podcast, uh, we both cheer for the same team, and we are hoping that they have a good year. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's about all the time that we have for another episode of Rope Drop Radio. Thank you for listening. Please uh, subscribe to our podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We'll be putting fun pictures of when Doug did uh, all sorts of Halloween events. And, of course, I like the idea of having a pumpkin cutting contest to, to let you guys vote on. So we'll be uh, watching for that here in a few weeks. But for Doug, I'm Derek. Thank you for listening to another Rope Drop Radio.